Well, here we are Friday, January 20th, three degrees right now. And I say, if we can start off the show saying, I want to make this show great again, I think that's the best way to start this show today. Uh, what a day it's been. And the only missing part of this day is loose Jesus, because from... Uh, for the last year or so, I've been going back and forth and back and forth with Lou Skeezus, our AM640 uh, business analyst, who's off for the next four days. I guess he's celebrating. You know, Clearly, this is a man who wants to celebrate big and knows that he's going to be nursing one heck of a winning hangover because, I will admit it, I didn't think Trump could do it. I did not think we would see this day. Uh, I have to say, I did not realize how much power... Chris Creston's here with me. Chris, did you realize how much power Luce Jesus has uh, with regard to influence, uh, you know, as far as Washington goes? He's a really influential guy, and his uh, tentacles stretch off into a lot of places. You know how I know? He made his way into the presidential address. Here's Donald Trump. See if he can spot it. We stand at the birth of a new millennium. Of a new millennium. Of a new millennium. Bam, there it was. I can't, honestly, when I heard it, I was just, I couldn't believe it. The only thing that was missing from that address was this. And live from New York, it's Saturday night. I wanted it to be, but it's not. So I'm just going to have to admit, uh, defeat in this this, uh, area, in this instance, and uh, let's see what the next... Uh, almost four years holds. I understand that somebody is also already uh, online doing a countdown clock on how long Trump has in the presidency. But anyhow, uh, joining us now from Washington, Reggie Cicchini, global national producer and correspondent in Washington, D.C. How are you today, Reggie? It's been a long day and there's still a lot more of it left. What time did your day get started? I was in here just after five. Okay. And uh, what was the uh, mood after five o'clock, and where is here? Uh, well, I, here is in the office, which is right on the steps of the Capitol building. And it was, you know, the mood walking in this morning, it was actually, you know, it was pretty jovial. I mean, you walk around the street to D.C. at five in the morning, there's usually nobody out. I live 14 blocks away from the Capitol, and there were hundreds, if not thousands of people already walking in and marching in to try to get to the gates to get onto the National Mall. So, I mean, this was, you know, hours and hours before those gates were even opened. And, you know, it was fine. It's only been within the last hour or so that we've kind of seen things start to spiral. Yeah. Were most of those people uh, supporters or protesters or a bit of both? What was your feeling then? Uh, I think it, it was kind of a mix of both because you, you were walking in or as I walked in, you saw people kind of stopping and, and talking to the people with the, uh, the souvenir stands that were set up along the street and nobody was having any issues with each other. And then protest permits had been handed out. So you kind of knew where the protesters were going to be lined up and where they were going to be marching to. Right now, we're looking at those protests kind of, you know, spin a little bit out of control as you head towards downtown Washington. And that's where most of the focus is right now. All right. So what are we seeing now uh, in downtown Washington? So downtown, we have, you know, there's kind of two downtowns in D.C. You have where the capital is, and then you have the, you know, the business district of downtown. That's where the protesters are right now. And if anyone thinks back to the G20 when that was in Toronto, you saw walls of police officers with their shields up, and you had those, you know, they're being called anarchists, you know, taking over the streets mm. towards, the, you know, K Street and 12th Street, which is the big, uh, you know, financial hub er- der- uh, around here. That's where we're seeing some protesters starting to throw rocks and bottles at police, and police are now firing back tear gas to try and get the crowds under control. Wow. You know, you talk about anarchists, and the first thing I thought was, uh, you know, of Trump and that uh, that address he gave, that first speech. It's very anti-establishment. I was talking about transferring uh, power from Washington and giving it back to the people. Uh, what did you think of the the first address? Well, I mean, 
there were some people that were taking issue with his comments of giving the power back to the people, because at the end of the day, it's the people that put the president in power. So, I mean, they had the power all along. All he's trying to do is say that he's going to redistribute it back to the people. You know, some people liked what he said. Some people didn't. I think he went, you know, he he, he went on with what he said during the campaign. You know, he touched bases on the things that he wants to tackle, like when it comes to job or when it comes to reform, when it comes to immigration. He was subdued. He was he was reserved about it. And I think it's because he had that weight of, oh, man, I'm the president. And mm. it's kind of clicking in right now. Yeah, this is a big deal right now. I guess they're getting uh, set to have this big luncheon. Tell us a little bit about what you know with regards to that. So the lunch takes place inside the Capitol buildings, right inside Statuary Hall, to where all the congressmen, all the senators are going to, you know, sit around and they're going to, you know, gather and, and talk about everything that just happened. He's going to lay out his plan again for them. And then it's, you know, it lasts about half an hour. He'll get himself in towards the front of the Capitol building and then start that parade down the uh, down Pennsylvania Avenue towards the White House. That's where we're going to run into uh, the possibility of a clash here, because that Pennsylvania Avenue trip to the White House is only four blocks from where the unrest is right now. Yeah, I understand. We've got a prime seat as far as the Canadian an embassy goes too. It's one of the best seats in the house. The, the embassy of Canada is actually the only embassy that's on Capitol grounds, and it's literally across the street from uh, from where he was sworn in. And uh, it'll have that front row stage of watching him walk down the street. How important is that ticket to get in there? What are you hearing? Uh, the ticket to get into that Can, parade route? No, uh, to well, the Canadian uh, embassy for uh-huh. that big inauguration and the partying that will ensue throughout the afternoon. I mean, the, the Embassy of Canada has been pushing this party really hard lately, and they, they, they really wanted to get uh, everybody involved because, I mean, there's a, there's a huge link between Canada and the U.S. They're huge trading partners. They've got a big international responsibility with each other when it comes to this long border. So the Embassy of Canada really wants to make sure that it shows the world that it is proud to stand next to the United States, and they're doing that today by hosting half the world's media. The uh, parade is supposed to last about 90 minutes. I hear Dwight Eisenhower's uh, presidency uh, parade was more than four and a half hours in 1953. Everything moved slower then, though, right? Well, cars, I think cars had square <laughs> wheels back in the 50s. Sure. So I mean, <laughs> um, you know, Barack Obama, his first and second were just around two hours, maybe a little bit more than two hours. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, I mean, he said that he only wanted it to be 90 minutes. It might last longer, but given what's going on today, it's kind of, you know, lousy weather and with what's happening a couple of blocks away, they might try to speed that progress up to get him inside the White House a little quicker. Is he likely to walk the parade? Uh, you know, he, he, he will probably walk beside the car for a little bit. I know back when George W. Bush, uh, during his inaugural parade, I believe it was his first one, he walked halfway and then got in the car and then it drove him the rest of the way. Depends on, on how Donald Trump feels. I mean, he feels really connected to his crowd and to the mm. people that put him where he is. So he'll likely want to be out there walking hands and doing his, you know, fist pumps in the air to say thank you. Yeah, I half expect to see him on a chaise lounge being carried through the streets. With uh, with grapes and all, yeah, absolutely. Uh, strategically positioned, and they would they would actually be uh, very large grapes. We know, um, you know, from what he said in the past. Is it inappropriate to make one of those jokes at this point in time? Okay, not, let, that's not too soon yet. Let's move on to balls. Uh, Trump will attend three inaugural balls this evening, and what it's do you know about those? Uh, well, I mean, these these are all just part of the pomp that that goes with uh, with an inauguration. He's going to basically be bouncing from point A to point B. Last night, I mean, he was at three different events. Uh, I don't think he made it to the to the press building, which is where the deplore ball was happening, where some of the protests were outside of that. But I mean, it's literally just a night of you know dinner, 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 drink, drink, drink. The big event happens, you know, with the big lobster dinner, which is served at the at the uh, at every inaugural ball. And then uh, it's it's getting down to work. Basically, as soon as he walks out of those balls tonight, he's going to walk into work or walk into the White House. 
and, and figure out what papers do I start signing to start this thing up. Is he going to walk uh, into the White House? Because I heard he's taken a couple days off. And I also heard a rumor on the street that one of those balls that he will attend is in New York City tonight. Is that true? Well, I mean, you've got Trump Tower being called White House North, and you have Mar-a-Lago being called White House South. So, I mean, you've got all these uh, branches of where the new White Houses are across the U.S. There, there are, is word that he's going to skip back towards New York tonight, which is not sitting well with certain Democrats and with certain left-leaning politicians, because you're now the president of the United States. You're no longer a businessman. You're no longer a, a big name in New York. You're supposed to be there for the people, and the people put you in place in Washington. So there's, there's a lot of mixed emotion about him bouncing back and forth and not focusing all of his attention into the White House. We're Talking to Reggie Cicchini, who, of course, is live. Uh, he's our correspondent in D.C., global national producer. And, uh, Reggie, I want to talk to you a little bit about you. You mentioned that he'd be, uh, you know, doing some official work. He already started. He signed official documents today. One was a waiver bill. Uh, he also signed cabinet nominations. And he signed a, a declaration, a national day of uh, patriotism. Yeah, and that, 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 uh, some of those are all part and parcel as to what you do right after the inauguration. I mean, one of the p- papers that he signed was basically to get his um, cabinet pick for Secretary of Defense, I believe it was, up and ready to go and saying that that's who he wants to be nominated. The Democrats today had said that they would push through at least two of his cabinet members so that he's not you know, standing alone in Washington with nobody there to back him. I believe it was Defense and Homeland Security that would be pushed forward. So, I mean, he was taking his usual steps of using 10 pens to sign each letter of his name as he goes forward. And, you know, it's, it's just it's what you do after an inauguration. You realize mm-hmm. the ball has got to be kicked. Yeah. And he was they were actually having a little bit of a dispute or, uh, you know, they were kind of trading the pens among the people uh, that uh, surround uh, Trump. They were going back and forth on, well, I'd like that pen. No, I don't really want that pen, sir. It was so bizarre to watch. Has anything like that ever happened? Well, so I had to actually ask one of the producers who's been here forever and ever asking, you know, why do they actually put all those pens there? And it's literally to sign each letter of the name individually, and then you can pass that pen out to somebody next to you so Mm. that you can say, yeah, this pen was used by the president to sign something into power. So, I mean, that's the reason that there's all the fuss over 10 pens, because 10 people want to have the first 10 pens. Right, but they didn't want the pen signing that uh, cabinet nomination. Some of them actually refused it, and there were a lot of jokes made at uh, the expense of Ben Carson, it sounded like. Well, I mean, that this is going to go over and over for the next, you know, couple of days and weeks until we get all these nominees in place, because a lot of the people that Donald Trump has tried to put into cabinet are people that, you know, Democrats and certain left-leaning and even some Republicans don't feel are, you know, justified to be in the position that they're in. So th- this is going to go back and forth until we get the final person sworn in. So today there were 450 charter buses that have permits for the Trump inauguration. Just to give some perspective on actually how unpopular he is or how many people want to protest, 1,800 charter buses are registered for tomorrow's Women's March. What are we expecting tomorrow? Tomorrow is going to be a big one. I mean, today, we, you know, we, we see the protests happening, and there have been some big peaceful protests out there. Tomorrow is when the big league stuff is actually going to happen. We have big, you know, bigger name celebrities are, are set to join in. Uh, you know, Patricia Arquette's... If, if, if you want to call her the big Yeah, name I was going to say, okay, well, who's the big name? <laughs> She's, uh, you know, a, a part of that who's going to be uh, in D.C. for this women's march. And I mean, th- this march doesn't happen every time there's an inauguration. This is kind of a, you know, a one-time or a one-off time uh, that this march is actually going to happen. But tomorrow, I mean, there have been, you know, like you said, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of buses requested for this because there's that much interest in trying to march to make voices heard to say that we're displeased with what's happening with Donald Trump. Yeah, charter planes of women are on their way. And there are several from Canada. I mean, we talked to somebody that had organized 600 people to be bussed in from both London and Toronto to arrive in D.C. later tonight, and they'll be at that line tomorrow. What uh, time does everything get underway with that uh, march? 
Well, I mean, this march is huge. There, there are, you know, 20,000 people that have put their names in for this. So it's, it's supposed to get underway around 1 o'clock and end towards the Lincoln Memorial. It's likely going to take a couple of hours, but that's where we're going to see some of the heightened up security because it's a large number of people that are going to be walking, you know, kind of in motion from the Capitol down to the other end of the National Mall. So that's where we'll see some of the biggest risks for some security breach. Historically, have we ever seen anything like this on the first day, full day of someone's presidency? Uh, well, when it comes to crowds like this, not really, because if you think back, they don't release numbers, but Donald Trump only had about, you know, we estimated maybe 300,000 people at his inauguration. Barack Obama estimates were 1.8 million with both inaugurations that he had. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's usually what we see around now. The protests, not so much, but the security levels is what's always in place. And I have to say, you know, you would not uh, understand that there was uh, that number of people because the way Trump sold it today in his address, he said tens of millions are here. Well, I, uh, no. we, we all heard that. And we were like, well, maybe tens of millions got you where you are right now. They're definitely not here standing with you. Yeah. Uh, so, Reggie, I appreciate you joining us. I'm guessing you're going to have a, a very uh, full next uh, well, year in uh, four years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. But the, the first 100 days will be very telling because Trump made a lot of promises in his address. Uh, do you think he's overpromised? Uh, I think when it comes to jobs, that's where people are going to look at him the hardest and say, you made a lot of promises about making a lot of people go back to work and giving people a good job. Can you do that? And I think that's going to be very difficult for him to do over the next four years, solely because technology is getting in the way. Reggie, you got a long night ahead of you, so I'm going to let you go. And I appreciate your time, as always. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Kelly. Cheers. Reggie Cicchini, a global national uh, producer and uh, correspondent in Washington, D.C., for uh, the, the inauguration of President Trump. There you go. I said it. Are you happy, Lou?